She wants to make sure I take my hearing aids out. She says I'm louder when I take my hearing aids out. If I can enlist everybody's help, I laid them on the front pew down here. Don't let me forget them. Morning. If you have a Bible this morning, turn to Romans chapter 5. We'll take up where I left off the last time, I think, with verse 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Y'all know the Lord loves us. I mean, that we can't say that goes without saying. A lot of people don't know that, but God loves us. And uh, Paul, in this passage, uh, offers the proof of God's love to us. Romans five, chapter I mean, chapter five, verse six. For while we were still helpless, at the appointed moment, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone, uh, someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, we will be saved through him from wrath. For if... While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. And how much more, having been reconciled, will be will we be saved by His by His life? And not only that, but also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have now received this reconciliation through Him. Let's pray. Our Father, as we uh, come before your throne today, we just want to humble ourselves before you and recognize how wonderful you are, not just to the world, but God to us. We uh, we pray that uh, you would look upon us and this church. And God, just do what you would have to do to bring us to the place of loving you, serving you, and worshiping you. God, we uh, we do want to mention. All of those who are sick and afflicted this morning, those who are hurting mentally, physically, any other way, God, we just ask you to be with them, touch them, draw them close to yourself, let them feel your comfort, let them know how much they're missed and loved at church, and you know, we just uh, we pray, God, your blessings on each one. We thank you for what you do for us and uh, God how you've uh, been such a blessing to us 
And uh, we just, uh, we ask you to continue your blessings and be with us as we uh, worship today. Uh, God, just uh, lift up the name of Jesus and uh, his mercy and his grace and his love for us. Uh, and we'll give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we look at these uh, verses of Scripture, and uh, when, I, when I look at, uh, at them, I'm, I want to ask the question, how much do you love me? You remember doing that to your children when they were little? I love you. How much do we love our children? I love you this much. And uh, that's, that's the way we need to be with the Lord. I love you this much. Now, I don't love the Lord as much as I used to because I can't get this one out as far as I used to. <laughs> but I love the Lord all I can. And uh, that's... that's uh, that's about all the proof I think sometimes we feel like we have to offer, but uh, we don't. We, uh, we serve him, we worship, we come to church and have fellowship together and lift up his name and praise. And uh, we, uh, we do a lot of things to show that we love him. And the reason for that is because he first loved us. And he loved us a whole bunch. I don't know whether you realize that or not, but he loved us a whole bunch. Uh, you know, people, uh, people were helpless. Uh, that uh, word in the original means uh, without strength. Uh, it's just it's like a baby. That, that that's the comparison. It's just like a baby. It's, we're helpless. We're without strength, and uh, we're <laughs> we have the inability, as it were. To do nothing, <laughs> we can't do anything uh, for our own. Uh, and uh, at the at the appointed time, uh, uh, God's sent Jesus to die for us. At the right time, that appointed time is at the time that God officially set. And decided when it was going to be. Nobody else did. God knew the exact time when it would be most beneficial to the world and everyone else. And it must have been a, a must have been a good decision. You stop and think about it. It was uh, two thousand years ago, a little over two thousand years ago, by our calendar today, that uh, all of this took place. And Jesus had a contingency of followers, men dedicated to serving him and telling folks about him. And one of them, we know, fell away as a traitor. So 11 men totally dedicated to God was able to, were able to share the gospel with enough people to start a movement that would shake the world. And it never ended. It's going on today. Christ died for everybody. It's substitutionary death for all of helpless mankind. You know, there was not anything that we could have done 
We, uh, we see a lot of denominations today, a lot of religions in the world today that think there's, there's things that we have to do to do in order to get to heaven, to earn God's respect enough to get to heaven. Uh, this is not so. The reason that we do things is because of our relationship with the Lord. Uh, there's nothing that we have to do physically or any way else other than when Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, moves in our heart, the condition that our soul is in, and that is lost and without him, uh, when that Spirit moves on us and we, we determine that, is the only thing we can do is surrender to him. Surrender to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, confess Him as our Savior and realize that He's taken all of our sins away. Boy, what a deal. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't have to do anything. Jesus did it all. He was a substitute for us. He died in our place. Just to prove how much he loves us. Now, folks, there's a lot of people I love. I claim to love anyway. Now, every one of them. Y'all are the same way. You have, we have children, grandchildren, many of us, and uh, people in our families that we love and we care about. Uh, how many of them would we die for? How many of them would we give our life in their place if they could live? Uh, there's, you know, we um, I've heard stories about this, seen these things on television about uh, families that had people dying uh, for the lack of uh, the transplant or something like that, and somebody in the family uh, willing to uh, give up that particular organ or whatever it is in their body to give that other person to save their life. And uh, we think, boy, that's, that's stepping out there. That's, that's a lot of love and a lot of faith to do that. Well, you think about Jesus. We had, uh, we had an organ messed up. That was our heart. It was just really defiled. It was messed up beyond anybody's ability to heal it. Jesus saw that uh, and uh, realized it was a disability and uh, he, he was going to do something about it. And, you know, man was intended to be with God forever, uh, to praise him and to love him. And when we fell from grace, we lost that. And uh, Jesus, in his timing, died for everybody since we've uh, we've been declared and uh, that's when a when a declaration back then especially but when a declaration is made now sometimes they put it on television sometimes they'll print it up and tack it up on the light poles and all that sort of stuff uh, but uh, when a, a declaration is made uh, it's official there's somebody in, a, in an official capacity that has approved it and okayed it and uh, when uh, Jesus came into the world and offered his life for us, uh, we were, by accepting 
what he did for us, we were declared righteous. Now, there was nothing that we could do to clean ourselves. I mean, I can remember being a little fellow, you know, and, and playing hard all day and wallowing in the dirt and in the yard and so on and so forth and having such a fit when Mama wanted to put you in the bathtub. You know, I, I just, I didn't like a bath. Uh, it was it was better when the showers came along, <laughs> and I was older then, but and more aware of what what I smelled like and looked like if I didn't clean up. But uh, I I can remember uh, what it was like to be opposed to doing that. It's something that I had to do to make my body clean. Well, there's something that everybody has to do to make their heart clean. And it seems to be that so many people in the world are opposed to that today. And it's not that hard. Folks, it wasn't that hard to take a bath. Mama run the bath water. When you're little, she'll come in there and bathe you. Well, I mean, what was it to it? Nothing. What is there to salvation? I want to tell you something. For us who are saved, there's nothing to it except the surrender of our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. When uh, I finally surrendered to Mother about getting a bath, I got a bath, and I felt a lot better afterward. Well, it's the same way with us. We don't realize sometimes just how horrible as unsaved people that we were at one time, hopefully aren't anymore, but... There's a lot of people out there in the world that don't realize how nasty they are before God. There are a lot of people out there that think they're good people, and by our estimation, uh, they are. Uh, they're good folks. They do anything for you. Uh, they live nicely. They have uh, a good relationship with different clubs and organizations. They may even attend church. But folks, it's the relationship of the heart with God that makes the difference in us. That uh, declaration of our righteousness is so important to have God officially make a note in his books in heaven that we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's been recorded. It's a done deal. There wasn't anything that we could do except surrender to it. And I want to tell you something. Once your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, it's written in the blood of Jesus. It can't be taken out. There's so many religious faiths and denominations and different groups that think you can be saved today and lost tomorrow. If you really get saved and covered by the blood of Jesus, there's no way you can get unsaved. Uh, I could probably give some illustrations of different operations, but say... You had appendicitis and had your appendix taken out. Uh, there's nothing that you could do, <laughs> nothing that you want to do after going through all of that to put that appendix back in your body as nasty and dirty as it was when it came out. So we need to, we need to understand when uh, God declares us that way and fixes us, we've been fixed. We are made bright in his eyes. We are morally correct. We are justified is the biblical term that we use. We are justified by his blood. Now, I know that we're the choir here, but understand this is what God did for us. 
that he needs to do for everybody. And we need to be able to share these things with them that God gave his one and only righteous son to die in our place that we might, by trusting and believing in him, be covered with his blood, that righteousness, so that we won't have to suffer any punishment when it comes time. We are saved through him from the wrath of God. Now, I don't know about y'all, we're all pretty aged enough to remember back in the days when parents disciplined in a different way than they do today. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine when I was 10 years old being told to go to my room for time out. <laughs> time out. That's the biggest joke there is in the world. I, I might have been told to go to my room, but she was on her way behind me with a leather strap in her hand. Some of y'all are giggling. You know what I'm talking about. Things have changed. But I want you to know, God's plan hasn't changed. God still saves by the precious blood of Jesus and the belief in a man or woman's heart uh, in him uh, to uh, be washed, covered uh, in that righteousness. Um, while we were enemies of God, this happened. We, uh, when I was playing football and sports, win a ball game, you know, and you know, if you've ever played a sport or had an activity where you had to go congratulate the other folks, you know, you, that kind of, it was a goody-goody kind of congratulations. Goody-goody, <laughs> we whooped y'all today. And uh, that's we don't we don't need to get in, in that kind of spirit uh, with our uh, enemies and with God's enemies. He when he reconciled them to himself, he paid the most extravagant price that there ever was paid for anything, and that was the life of Jesus, the precious blood of Jesus on the cross, and uh, it uh, it cost Jesus, it cost the Lord. Uh, and uh, having been reconciled to him by the forgiveness of sin, by the precious blood of Jesus, we're saved. We're saved by his life. Now, I know that we've heard all of this before, but it doesn't hurt for us to be reminded of what God has done for us and how good he is. And encourage us to do what we need to do to tell others and uh, encourage others to uh, worship Him and come to Him as their Savior if they haven't done that. This, all of these, uh, these, all of us who've been reconciled to God, uh, who were His enemies, um, were done through the death of His Son, as I said. How much more, having been reconciled, the scripture says, will we be saved by his life? See, it wasn't just enough for Jesus to come and walk among men. It wasn't just enough 
for Jesus to be offered as a sacrifice for sin. The Jews had been doing that for years and years and years, offering sacrifice for sin. They understood what that was. They understood completely. But the scripture says here, how much more will we be saved by his life? See, we believe that Jesus didn't stay in the grave. And after three days, he rose from the dead. And a lot of people say, well, he just swooned. He wasn't dead. Let me tell you something. If anybody knew anything about death, the Romans did. They had seen it many times, year after year after year, and they knew when somebody was dead. That soldier knew when he speared Jesus' side, hanging on that cross, and an issue of water and blood came forth. He was dead. That was a corpse hanging up there. They knew that. There wasn't any question about it in anybody's mind. They took him down off the cross and they put him in a tomb. And you know from the scripture, just like me, three days later he rose from the tomb. He got up and walked out of there. And uh, we are supposed to rejoice in that because of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. We have now received that reconciliation that he made possible for us. We've been made right. Well, <laughs> I used to love it when uh, when I'd get a whipping. And I don't say paddling because what I got was more like a whipping than a paddling. But to hear the words, this hurts me worse than it does you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know it does. You know, uh, but uh, I, that's, uh, I hated to hear that. I hated it. Uh, my goodness. And uh, it's, it's hard for us to imagine what Jesus did, really did, physically, mentally, hurt him worse than any other human being's death. Why do I know that? Because the scripture tells me that he carried to him on that cross the weight of all the sin of all men for all time. He didn't get just a paddling. He got a whooping. And he got it by the best hand that could give it to him. God, the Father, his Father gave his son a whooping. He died literally a death. Three days later, he rose from that grave to prove that he was who God said he was, who he said he was, and that we could have reconciliation through him. Uh, we rejoice in that. And as God's people, we're unable to do anything, even die, that would reconcile our standing as sinners that deserve execution. Every one of us deserves a whooping. Every one of us deserves to die because of our sin. And Jesus took our place. Jesus willingly submitted himself to the ridicule, the 
horrible beatings and treatment and hanging on a cross. Uh, he gladly did that as much as it hurt for you and for me. And in light of what he did and the freedom that we have through that in order to be right with God, there's no reason for us not to. Really. I mean, think about it. Can you think of a good reason not to turn to Jesus for salvation? Can anybody, other than someone who just does not believe in God at all, Jesus is the only one who could do anything on our behalf. And he did. Now, we see things go on in the world today when it takes a, a special person or thing for it to be made right. And that doesn't happen because they're not willing to give up whatever it needs to be done or that person's not willing to do it themselves. That doesn't happen. But God did it. Jesus did it himself. He died for all who turned to him for forgiveness and salvation. That's, that's the only requirement. We just give up ourselves and give it to Jesus. Jesus is the only one who could declare us, the sinners, righteous. Jesus is the only one who could make it possible through his death for us to live eternally. He's the only one. There's nothing else that would do. And why people will turn away his offer of eternal life and it doesn't cost them anything. He's already paid the price. Now, I'm, I'm prone to take something real nice somebody gives me and it doesn't cost me anything. I guarantee you if somebody pulled up in a brand new Lincoln out there today and walked in here with the keys and said it's not going to cost you nothing, you can drive it home, it's yours, it's title to you, the tags on it, everything. All you got to do is get in it and drive it home. You know what I'd do? Get in it and drive it home. That's the bottom line. Jesus has given us the best of everything in what he did. And all you got to do is say yes to Jesus when he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All you got to do is come unto him. Now, we have that message, and we've shared that message with the world. Why in the world will they reject it time and time again? Why is this building not full? Why are all of the churches in this part of the country not full today with people worshiping God for what he has done for them? God has given us the most precious thing that he could, the life of his son, in place of our suffering. My goodness. That's all that's worth telling somebody else about. And that's what we try to do as a church. We uh, just hope and pray that everybody here and everybody we tell will accept the remedy for sin and accept Jesus and not be separated from the Father anymore. Uh, all of us need to examine our standing before God every once in a while. All of us. But folks, I'm going to tell you, it's the most important decision we'll ever make. It's the greatest blessing you'll ever get to tell somebody about Jesus and them get saved. That's, that's a hoot now. 
Y'all might have done some fun things in your life. This, that was really a great time. But I'm going to tell you something. Winning somebody to the Lord and hearing somebody pray to receive Jesus and Jesus moving into their heart. That's the greatest thing that you'll ever experience if you hadn't already. If you have, like me, I ought to be ashamed for not taking part in doing it more. You know, because so many people need Jesus. And it's so exciting to lead people to Christ. I challenge you on behalf of God and Jesus to be witnesses. You don't have to you don't have to win anybody. We're just encouraged to tell. Amen. We go and tell. God does the rest. God will take that seed that we plant and he'll do with it as he pleases. If that's leading the person to Jesus, they'll come. So be it. Let's stand and we'll have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. I do appreciate everybody being here today. Hope you'll have a great afternoon. See you later. Let's pray. Wait a minute. Say again? No service this coming Wednesday night. Because